Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 2006, Matt Van Dyke, a timid 26-year-old with obsessive-compulsive disorder, left home in uh, in Baltimore to set off on a self-described crash course in manhood. He bought a motorcycle and a video camera, and he began a multi-year 35,000-mile motorcycle trip through northern Africa and the Middle East. While traveling, he struck an unlikely friendship with a Libyan hippie. When uh, When the revolution broke out in Libya, Matt joined his friend in the fight against the dictator Muammar Gaddafi. With a gun in one hand and a camera in the other, Matt fought in and filmed the war until he was captured by Gaddafi's forces and held in solitary confinement for over six months. Two-time Academy Award-nominated documentary filmmaker Marshall Curry tells a harrowing story and sometimes humorous story of a young man in search of political revolution and personal transformation. And by some coincidence, we happen to have with us today two-time Academy Award-nominated documentary filmmaker Marshall Curry. Marshall is known for his film Street Fight, the story of Cory Booker and If a Tree Falls, uh, the story of the Earth Liberation Front. He's joining us today here on Film School. Marshall, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I guess the first and most obvious question is how did uh, you become involved in uh, the story of Matt Van Dyke? Well, it sort of dropped in my lap. I, I got an email one day uh, from a guy introducing himself and saying that he had recently returned from Libya where he had been fighting with the rebels and uh, and uh, that he had taken a video camera with him and had some incredible footage of it. And so I said, well, that's, that's amazing. Why don't we get together and talk about it? And so he came up to New York um, with his girlfriend, who's also in the film, and they met with my wife, who's the producer on the film, and me, and they just told the story. And we listened to the story for three or four hours, and um, it was spellbinding. spellbinding. It, 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 it raised so many interesting questions about, about uh, you know, violence and manhood and, and, and the way that we use cameras to craft our images. And so um, I explained to Matt that I only worked on projects where I had complete creative independence and control, and he agreed to that. And so a few months later, I, I went down to Baltimore and, and shot the interview that makes up the spine of the film. Well, Matt uh, Van Dyke is a very charismatic guy. He, I was struck by how well-spoken he was and intelligent and, and self-aware. Right. Um, was, were those some of the things that drew you to, to him as a subject? They were. When, when he first mentioned that he had gone to Libya, I thought, ah, oh, this is going to be some, you know, macho um, guy that, you know, mm-hmm. two-dimensional action hero movie. And, and then he came to New York and and he explained uh, that that he had severe obsessive compulsive disorder, right. um, which you know most people think of. That means that okay, you keep your desk neat, but but for Matt, it means if, if sugar touches him, he feels contaminated, and he can't drive a car because uh, if he hits a bump, he'll be 20 miles down the road, and, and he'll start to think maybe I hit somebody, and he'll have to turn around and drive back, um, and and you know he's he's afraid of. of shoes or trash touching him and and this is a guy who decides to 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 go out 
on a 35,000-mile motorcycle trip through northern Africa and the Middle East. And, um, and the way that he was able to, to, to share his, his weaknesses and his, and his you know, flaws were, were what really drew, drew me to the story. It's dramatic and it's exciting, but, but to be something that makes you, you know, that really touches you, it's got to have complexity, and Matt definitely has that. Oh, absolutely. And we'll, we'll get back to sort of him and his uh, relationships, uh, particularly with his girlfriend, Lauren, uh, in just a minute. But tell us a little bit about his background, um, going back to his time as a child in Baltimore, a little bit about him. Well, um, he, he described himself, he, he grew up uh, the only child of an only child of an only child <laughs> and was very coddled when he was growing up. He lived in the house with his mother and his grandparents. And, and even when he was in college, he would live at home. Uh, sometimes he would play video games in the basement for 12 hours at a time. And, and his mother and grandmother, when he was in grad school, uh, would, would do his laundry for him and fill his refrigerator with groceries and he graduated from Georgetown with a master's degree in, in security studies, international relations, uh, with a Middle Eastern focus. And he said he just felt sort of lost. And so he decided to go on what he called a crash course in manhood. Yeah. Yeah, the footage that uh, of his early childhood is idyllic. It's the kind of uh, upbringing I think we all would like to think we had when we were growing up. It seemed to be a very... Uh, I wouldn't say a wealthy family, but certainly seemed well-to-do and, and were able to provide for him. Really kind of the American dream in terms of of his upbringing. He seemed, I, I was, again, struck by his his self-awareness and his, his sort of ability to sort of pick apart his own life uh, in ways that seemed um, very uh, convincing. He didn't over-romanticize any of this experience that he had. Uh, either in North Africa or or afterwards. Yeah, I I, I do think that that there's a a wisdom that you hear in in the way that he talks about some of these things, and and he's not afraid to to you know examine who he was or or the mistakes that he made or the or or, or the the way that he saw things. He tells a great story about when he first set off for the Arab world, and. Um, and he went in and saw a squat toilet, you know, a hole in the ground, which is obviously typical for, for Morocco. And he didn't know what it was. And he said, you know, I'd spent tens of thousands of dollars getting a master's degree in international relations from Georgetown, and I, I couldn't navigate a hole in the ground. I didn't know what it was. And he thought it was the shower, and he went to the bathroom in the shower, and it was very disgusting. And so, you know, those were the kinds of tales as well that, 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 that really... I thought humanized him. The reason I'm I'm bringing that sort of coming back to this idea of his self awareness is because uh, for someone to uh, come out of this uh, you know a very American experience of living in Baltimore and then subject himself as sort of a almost a purging sort of thing that I that's how I took it to mean to get on a motorcycle and to begin this journey across uh, North Africa. Describe for our listeners a little bit about where his initial journey took him. It's quite remarkable, actually. Well, it was it was a long trip. So so he started in Morocco. I guess started in Spain, crossed the Strait of Gibraltar, Morocco, Mauritania, and then across northern Africa, um, uh, up through uh, Jordan um, uh, to um, I think next Syria, yeah, Iraq, so, yeah. Afghanistan. I mean, it's just sort of a a a, a string of. Uh, Iran, the string of sort of the hottest 
not temperature, but sort of uh, politically most politically heated uh, places in the world. Yeah, um, and this and, is and this is in two thousand and six that he did this. Um, it is two thousand and six. That's right. I believe that's when he started. That's so it, it it was a it was a you know about <laughs> four or five year trip. I mean, it's hard to imagine that you could kind of uh, uh, get through the array of countries that you just mentioned as an American, as an obviously American. Although he, uh, growing a beard, I guess, was able to sort of blend in a little bit better. But I mean, he's obviously an American. I just, uh, it has to have been part guile, part you know, smarts, part street smarts, I should say, and a lot of other things. Maybe some luck involved for him to have gotten through all of that. Or, or am I? projecting an american sort of sensibility into this story is that no 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 it's it is it's a harrowing story and and um in the movie it's told in just you know a a few minutes but but the the all the material that we couldn't include in the movie are are uh, is incredible just uh run-ins with with um with mobs getting punched out by police in Afghanistan, having his motorcycle stolen, getting in motorcycle crashes, and being detained by Iraqi security forces, and just one thing after another. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Marshall Curry. Marshall is the director of the new film uh, called Point and Shoot. It's a story of uh, an American by the name of Matt Van Dyke. He's also been nominated for two Academy Awards, one for the documentary Street Fight and the other for... If a tree falls, this a story of the Earth Liberation Front. Um, well, just kind of going back to uh, uh, this story. So he has gone through this initial part of the journey, and um, so he takes his motorcycle trip. That's an incredible motorcycle trip, and 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 goes home feeling like he's gotten this out of his system. And at that point, the Arab Spring starts, and all of these countries around the Arab world start uh, revolutions against the dictators that run their countries. And while he had been traveling, he uh, he met a Libyan hippie who encourages him to come and join the revolution in Libya. And Matt goes and becomes a, a, a rebel fighter with the, with the rebels there. There you go. We're going to leave it there because, the, 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 again, the joy of uh, in, is in seeing this, this amazing story. This really is a remarkable story. And I, I didn't—I don't I have to be honest with you. I don't remember— uh, I mean, there's a component of the story that if you were paying attention to the news, you might know about uh, what happened to Matt in this whole in all of this. But just uh, sort of as by virtue of his design to go to these parts of the world, but by also by happenstance, the things that happened to him make point and shoot just uh, an amazing story, one that I don't think mm-hmm. you could make up. Talk, talk a little bit about the reaction of his girlfriend in all of this. He has a girlfriend back home. Uh, obviously, he loves her, but the things that sort of he put her through. Tell me a little bit about Lauren and and the relationship that they had as well. She is uh, she is a saint, I'm sure. Um, but she uh, she he they 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 keep a long distance relationship for a number of years as he's traveling around the Arab world, and um, and when he goes to fight, uh, some things happen to him that I think put a, a particular strain on their relationship. She was a, a a very interesting character in that she was, uh, I mean, certainly for most relationships, went well above and beyond the call in terms of accommodating um, Matt in his adventures. But I just found right. her to be 
resilient, certainly, would be the word I would use to describe their relationship and through all of this. I think that's right, and I think, honestly, she encouraged a lot of it. I, I think she felt like he needed to, to go out and face some of his demons, and, and, and then once it became more ideological, she supported um, his willingness to go and, and, and get involved in, in a war to help his friends. And I, I think we need to just, uh, say out by uh, say out loud here that there's an aspect of the movie we haven't talked as much about as we should, and that is the fact that throughout all of this, Matt had uh, a camera with him in which he documented this trip to North Africa and later on in his uh, at his time in Libya. Um, just from a technical point of view, was it a GoPro? Is that what he was using? No, it was actually before GoPro. So, so there. Um there were a number of years where he shot on mini DV tapes, and then eventually he, he switched over and started shooting directly onto onto cards that he would back up onto hard drives. But also he did have a GoPro for some of the footage, um, So, but most of it was shot with a with a larger handheld camera. Boy, it's a really sharp-looking pictures. Whatever he was shooting on, he really got some great stuff. And, and in sort of a backhanded way, he became quite a good filmmaker in the process. He did, you know. It, it, he he shot probably between one and two hundred hours of footage, and and you know the 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 last thirty are a lot better than the first thirty. So over the course of all of those years of shooting, he he really um, he really got a lot better, and 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 brought home some really beautiful and 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 yeah. very you know piercing and perceptive shots. Things that you that aren't the things that you see on CNN. Just takes you really behind the scenes in in the war, and also. Uh, you know, takes you into his life. One of the things that interested me so much about his story was was the way that he used a camera, not just to document his life, but to actually craft it and 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 to to craft a, a, an image of who he was that then became who he actually was. Which brings me to another kind of interesting aspect to point and shoot. Um, by the way, we're speaking with Marshall Curry, the director, producer, and editor of the documentary Point and Shoot. Uh, this idea that runs through the film quite a bit uh, is the idea, the perception of what it is to be a man. Um, and I th certainly think that in the course of the film, as watching Matt Van Dyke, he struggles w with what that means. And that's an important aspect of what a Point and Shoot is about. Tell me just a little bit about sort of the back and forth that you see in him uh, in regard to uh, to the film in that regard. Well, as we've as we've talked about, when he first started out, uh, I think he mentioned he wanted to go on this crash course in manhood, and right. and and I think at that point, manhood to him meant um, adventure, riding motorcycles, and 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 you know, getting punched in the mouth, and things things that are are you know, kind of macho cliches about 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 manhood. And then when the Arab Spring happened and his he began to see people who were risking their lives to free their countries from dictators. And, and he says in the film that that really challenged his view of manhood, that it wasn't just about, you know, barroom brawls or, or motorcycle jumps. It was about, it was about, you know, sacrificing yourself or risking yourself for, for something important for something bigger than just yourself. And, um, and, and, and that was the spirit in which he went over and joined the the rebels in yeah. Libya, and over the course of the movie, his his view changes uh, again and again. And and uh, the movie, you know, it's not a Hollywood movie; it's a it's a documentary, and and so things 
don't always follow easy trajectories. Reality is a little bit messier, and 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 answers don't get solved quite so easily as they do in in Hollywood movies. And um, so that question of, of of how we define manhood and 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 how uh, you know and whether Matt achieves his goal of manhood or, or, or uh, those become some of the questions of the film. Yeah. They certainly do. And in, in relation to all of that, there is another aspect to uh, I mentioned the, the cameras that he was constantly filming um, uh, and how that sort of plays into it. This, in, the, in, our, in a new world of technology, we can literally document our entire lives if we choose to. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing in, 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 in many ways, documenting his life uh, and how that sort of factors into this. Uh, ability to uh, reassess yourself, you, you know, this immediacy of being able to look at yourself, at least through a lens and through the video that you shoot to sort of make some determinations about yourself and how that plays into the way that it impacts us and ourselves and the people around us. It, it, it's an interesting aspect of the, of our new, you know, a new way of life in a way that, and it did seem to play into Matthew and he, or Matt Van Dyke and his life. Is, is that... I, I totally agree. I, I think you really put your finger on it. Salman Rushdie has this great quote about the way that we tell stories to, to give ourselves control over our lives and to, and to, to help sort of make sense of and, and, and shape our lives. And today with, you know, Facebook and Twitter and cell phone cameras, a lot of us tell our stories that way. Um, and, and in Matt Van Dyke's story... Um, he uses his camera to 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 try to not just to to capture and to chronicle his life, but to to shape it, and um, yeah. and, and we see it throughout. Uh, um, and I, I I do think you're right that it's something that that's become really common. You know, I, I go on on vacation, and and uh, I, am I enjoying my vacation, or am I looking for photo ops of myself enjoying my vacation? <laughs> Uh, that I can post on Facebook, and I think for Matt, um, he, he had some of these same challenges, but in in a really extreme setting of a war. Yeah, well, well, one of the interesting things is in the film, um, we watch Matt watch himself in the films, and uh, in the film, and uh, that, it's sort of what I'm talking about. It, I mean, I in this day and age that we live, uh, we can shoot ourselves and our friends together, in and make assessments about ourselves where it might have been 20 or 30 years ago where we relied on people within our inner circle or a family or something to give us sort of feedback on that. And, and, I, and I don't know, I'm not saying that the telephone or a selfie or whatever is replacing all of that, but it's certainly becoming more and more a factor in how we, how we are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? and, and and in seeing point and shoot and Matthew and this is you're right this is played out on on a sort of uh, a grand scale you know war and you know the consequences of war and even at one point during the film uh, as he's filming the people that are in his squad of, of rebel fighters he feels that it's impacting the way that they're actually going about doing their business right. which is very I mean I don't want to say it's an Alice in Wonderland kind of a. Pro- it's not because this is just the new reality of the world we live in. But I mean, it's just a fascinating part of the story. In addition to everything else, 
is and you could think you you could think of it as as uh, uh, an American obsession. I, I, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said that it was. But when you see this footage of of Libyan rebels in the middle of a of a battle, spraying gunfire, and then suddenly you see that there are three other rebels standing there filming them with cell phone cameras so right. that they can have something to post on Facebook or email their girlfriends. It's um, it's really extraordinary. Yeah, it is. And again, I mean, this is this again. I can't underscore this enough for our listeners. This is a such a compelling story uh, on so many levels. Of course, uh, the fact that this uh, Matt Van Dyke has embarked on this journey and this sort of adventure which is interesting of itself, uh, sort of a travelogue aspect to it. That part of it's interesting. But in addition to that, we start factoring in you know, the obsession that he had with the Australian filmmaker whose name just escaped me. Alvy Mangle. Yeah, Alvy Mangle. What an interesting thing Great, that was. Right? I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you can tell just in the, in the small amount of footage you see of him, that obviously manhood is also a big part of the equation here. It's not just the travel log part of it. So, and as Matt describes, that that was sort of, you know, stirred this thing in him to go go out and look for this adventure. But it's just a this confluence of all of these different aspects: the technological and and of course everyone searching for identity and a place in the world and all the rest of. It. But this is played out on such a, a level. Uh, that I, it's hard to, I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a, a sort of an analogous story documentary wise, and I, I was hard pressed to think of somebody who so much documented their life in this way and in, in this very dangerous environment he was living in. But mm-hmm. really remarkable story, Marshall. I, I'm su- such, a, and your work is just stellar. I, if a Tree Falls is one of my favorite documentaries, I just thought that was a wonderful. Uh, film as well, and the idea of a guy alone, in in a sense, in the, if a tree falls, uh, there's the same story thread in this as there is in Point and Shoot about a man sort of searching and trying to figure out where he fits in, and his actions are are almost operatic in in both of these films. Um, is that is that something you thought about? I I, I have thought about that. Yeah, there. Uh, I, I think there's something about about Finding people who have strong passions and 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 exploring that moment when their passion kind of bangs into reality. Uh, right. With if a tree falls, you've, you've got Daniel McGowan who who you know took these very extreme steps to 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 try to attack timber companies that, that he thought were saw as destroying the environment, and um, and suddenly found himself facing life in prison for it. Um, and with 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 Matt Van Dyke, he, he he steps into a war that is um, that that he feels very passionately about. Yeah. He wants to to get rid of a dictator. He wants to help his friends, and suddenly he finds himself uh, well uh, yeah. over his head, I guess. <laughs> well, we'll leave it for the li- for our, our viewers, listeners, but soon to be viewers. Spoil it all. Yes, no. And and I know you even say the same thing about Cory Booker in Street Fight. I mean, th- right. there's a man of passion and his ability to sort of uh, you know con- convey that and stir people to to uh, to action. And congratulations again. Um, on the body of your work, uh, obviously uh, nominated for two Academy Awards, you've Emmys, just all kinds of recognition, well deserved, and um, and so all the best. Thank you so much for being a part of Film School, Marshall Kerr. Thank you, thanks so much. And and uh, if your listeners are interested, there's a a website, pointandshootfilm.com, that they can take a look at and 
see the trailer for the film and, and read a little bit about it and, and, and find out where it's playing and when. Yeah, and while we're at it, certainly you just said point and shoot, uh, the point and shoot film, pointandshootfilm.com. And of course, right. on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash pointandshootfilm. Point and shoot film, and then Twitter okay, is point, it, you, it, where it is correct. is Twitter point shoot film. That's okay. Where, that's okay. Where. I, need, I need to commit those to memory. It's sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank you so much, Marshall Curry, for being on Film School. Oh, it was great talking with you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.